Today's show is being brought to you by wellness and nutrition consultant, Tawana Coleman. Our health and longevity of life is so vital, and we must remember that our bodies do not come with the warranty. So whatever you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. Be mindful of what you put in, around, and on your body. If you want to know more about living a lifestyle that decreases stress, aids weight loss, gives your skin glow, gives you energy, saves time, and good for your whole family, you can find me on Facebook at Tawana Coleman. That's T-W-A-N-A-C-O-L-E-M-A-N. And on Instagram at the Tawana Coleman. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll discuss some serious matters that should be of concern to the American people and also how our mindsets and energy shape our reality. Welcome back to another episode of Talking with Twana. I'm your host, Twana Coleman, and let's get this day started. I definitely hope that you all are having a great morning on this morning and just feeling upbeat and great and energetic because that is how we can be the most productive, get the most out of our days when we are feeling good, we're feeling upbeat, we're feeling refreshed. So, do what you got to do to make that happen. But I definitely hope that you are in a mindset and space of uh, energy, love, light, and just peace. You want to make sure you have that mindset. So yeah, guys, that's popping me up right there. We, we definitely have to do the next show on mindset and energy. Yeah, I would love to talk about that. So Yes, your girl got to talk about the issue at hand again. We're going to pick back up on some more information related to this COVID-19. So guys, um, I'm not going to be a broken record on this, right? But it's some things that we have to talk about. We got to get these things out there. And my point is just to have you to make sure that you are receiving information with an open mindset and that you are open to different information that may not be on your mainstream news media. And the reason why I keep saying that or putting that part out there is just because even if you are not one of them, there are a lot of people that only get their news um, consumption from mainstream media, their local news stations or the big conglomerate um media stations there, if you will. So they don't really read the newspapers. They don't go outside of the box to be able to get their information. But you want to make sure that you are getting information from reputable sources, right? We can't have, you know, flip-flopping fake information as long as the information can be backed up with hardcore accurate data. You got to look at all of the factors there related to that. All right. So as we're jumping in here, guys, I wanted to talk about um, a few points related to coronavirus, the Rona, however you want to call it, CV-19, COVID-19. I wanted to talk about Bill Gates. All right. So um, 
almost everyone <laughs> that's alive know uh, knows who Bill um, Gates is, the Microsoft founder himself, okay? Now, he just came out warning of the next big pandemic and how it's going to arrive in three years. Now, before I go any further here, let's stop right there. I want you to keep in your mindset, how does he know this? How does he know that there's going to be another big pandemic that's going to rock the nation in three years? Okay, so I want to go back before I jump to that. Back in 2015, Bill Gates predicted an epidemic will kill millions. Okay, so have you guys heard about that? You know, have you seen anything on that? Did you see any um, documentation reports on that? If you haven't, you can pull it up. It's definitely out there. Uh, one of the sources that you can reference is the Los Angeles Times or the LA Times. That's just one of the several different sources out there that you can get the information. So he did predict this and he came pretty, pretty close to predicting the exact thing. Okay, so as we know, the billionaire, Microsoft mastermind, um, he, he basically, I don't want to say has that, that I, I told you this type of persona or type of attitude there, if you went on attitude, it's not the word that I'm wanting to use, but, um, the fact that he was able to predict this, he stated, if anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war, not missiles, but microbes. How did he know that? How did he know in 2015 that there was going to be a huge outbreak and how did he know that it was going to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war it's not going to be missiles but it's going to be microbes how right so he stated that they invested a huge amount in nuclear deterrence but they actually invested very little in a system to stop an epidemic and he said, we're not ready for an epidemic. So it, it, it brings to mind as far as challenging the logic here. With all of the different viruses that we fight off all the time, that we fight off daily, the flu, the flu virus. Why was that? And, and you guys know on the previous show that I talked about the disparaging numbers related to that. As far as how many was reported um, as 699,000 that um, reportedly died as a result of COVID-19. And then also going back to past pre-COVID-19 uh, being announced to the world back in December 2019 that... 650 something thousand people passed away from the flu vaccine. Oh, let me take that last part off. Not the flu vaccine, the flu. We're going to get to the vaccine <laughs> on, an, on another show. We're definitely going to do that. 
but passed away or died from the flu. So why wasn't the flu a pandemic? Why wasn't the country shut down? People losing jobs, people losing income, families struggling to eat. You know, that that's just a little point. That's a little point there, but I, I don't want to run off on a tangent. Let me let me bring it back in. Because guys, one thing you're gonna learn about me is that I get passionate. I get very passionate about things that are happening that are beyond our control and things that can be halted if the collective majority are fully awake and aware to what's going on and stand up, stand up, speak out, and never let anyone infringe upon your civil rights. That's just that little point there. All right, now let's jump back in here. So as I was mentioning about uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates predicting back in 2015 about an epidemic that was going to hit and that basically we could not survive from that. It was going to be a big deal and it wasn't going to be from war. It wasn't going to be from missiles or anything like that, but microbes. So that's something to think about. Um, he was talking about this um, at one of those, uh, what is it, TED Talk? I think it was TED Talk, if I'm not mistaken. If you familiar with this let me know um but I, I think it was ted talk where he was talking about this and discussing this and it was asked to him you know later on you know you predicted that this would happen and so therefore that means that you should have been prepared because you knew that this was going to happen and what was going on so do you feel like you prepared asking bill gates if he um felt like he was prepared for this and the onset of what was coming on. And so Bill Gates responded as far as, well, the goal of the 2015 talk was so that the government would do the work to be ready for the next epidemic. Hmm. Okay. He said that that would have meant that we would have had diagnostics very quickly, drugs very quickly, and even a vaccine. All of those things dramatically faster than what we're going through here today that's what he was stating so if government was on top of things like he was saying if they were on top of it there would be measures already in place to be able to combat this as far as uh vaccines okay drugs very quickly even a vaccine to be able to combat this so it's kind of strange you know and some of you may not agree with me, but I, I'm sorry. It's a little on the strange side that this could be predicted. Now, let's go back and just make sure that we state and point out the obvious. Bill Gates is not a medical doctor. Bill Gates has no type of medical degree, training, background whatsoever. So how does he get full detailed information? Also, even the fact that he is like the driving force behind a lot of the vaccines, especially the ones that are administered to um, children over in Africa. It has even administered vaccines orally. 
How do you do that? How are you able to do that? How was that even lawfully okay? You know, just, just something to think about there in that manner. Now, this brings me back to um, the first point that I brought up when I first started here. Okay, Bill Gates warning about the next big pandemic that's going to arrive in three years. Three years. So, again, I go back to that question that I ask you, how does he know? And if mass works so well and so great, even though, and before you come at me, <laughs> don't, don't, don't send me hate mail or anything like that. But if mask works so well, why is there documented footage, interviews of the CDC, the WHO organization, Dr. Anthony Fauci, all on record stating that masks do not work. They do not prevent the spread of um, fluids, diseases, viruses, things of that nature. Is is Dr. Fauci did an interview with um, what is it, sixty minutes, uh, sixty minutes or. Um, 66 is two two programs that's um, with the same title, but he did an interview, and it was the earlier part of 2020, because it was December 2019 when all of this was the information was put out there to the public, the general public. Um, and in this interview, he was basically saying, you know, people look like fools walking around with masks and he was like a mask is not going to do anything for you i mean come on you can't be walking around like that that's not going to do anything in so many words i highly encourage you to pull that up and look that up for yourself but not long after that that changed then it was a heavy push everybody got to wear a mask you have to wear a mask you know um and just even thinking about it from the perspective of when it comes to masks now, did you guys ever stop and think that you would walk in a store and see other individuals that have masks on that cover from the eyes down to their neck that resemble what masked robbers used and still continue to use and have hats on, have shades on, have full jackets on. And you can't identify pretty much anything of the person. Isn't that interesting? You can't really identify nothing related to the person. Let's talk about real quickly people who have health issues. Different health restraints that they cannot wear a mask without suffering some type of respiratory issue or having trouble breathing, uh, trouble getting enough air, uh, oxygen into their lungs. Those are some things to think about. Also, keep in mind, also as far as children, 
children and teen girls, it has been way easier to traffic them because their face is covered. You cannot identify a missing child if you, you know, got some type of Amber Alert, um, a picture shown on the news, a picture uh, in the post office, a picture, you know, on milk cartons. I'm speaking my age there. I don't think they still do that anymore. But the different ways that um, it is put out there as far as a child, a teenager, even, you know, an adult that may be missing, you cannot easily verify the identity of a person when their face are coming up. And I think that these are some of the things that are being ignored and overlooked when it comes to the debate and discussion on mask, right? It's, it's a continuous thing that's coming up. People are just, oh, well, you're not wearing a mask. Oh, you don't have a mask on and all the, but it's like, what about all the other factors that are being overlooked? And then also to go back to the fact, as I've been talking about so far, is that the majority of the people that have contracted COVID-19, as has been stated again by Dr. Anthony Fauci, the WHO organization, CDC, that they were mainly immunocompromised obese, had pre-existing health conditions. These are all things that cannot be overlooked. When you start getting into the symptomatic and the asymptomatic and then people are confused and like, I tested positive and I don't have any symptoms. I don't feel sick whatsoever. Then when we start trying to get down to the technical science of it, of how can you transmit something that you don't have? How are you a threat or a danger to someone when you don't have this life-altering disease here, not disease here, but virus in that manner? So just, just some little things to think about. Let's come back to Bill Gates. Bill Gates warning about the next big pandemic that's going to hit in three years now many americans as you guys already know basically emerged from their homes you know after living in fear of covid19 um during the thanksgiving holiday they got out they ignored the cdc's rules and regulations um news media saying so you have to stay in your home you cannot leave you can't have um thanksgiving dinner or you shouldn't have thanksgiving dinner with any individual that is not immediately in your home or in your immediate home anyone else it is out of the question and so forth and so forth okay so people got out they went to visit family they visit went to visit um you know, friends or whatever, whatever the case is, they got out and more people flew on a plane. A lot of people drove. They thought that that would be the safer way because you're in your own vehicle or so forth. Those that did drive their own vehicles. I know that also uh, individuals um, take rental cars and stuff like that. But this is the biggest thing that a lot of people got tired, got frustrated, they got out. They was like, look, we want to be able to fellowship with our families and all those different types of things. Does they come back to the point of you're being selfish? 
Why would you want to make this holiday the last holiday for your grandmom or for your granddad or for whoever? Why would you want to make this the last holiday for that person? But then I also will come back and counteract with that. How can you make it the last holiday for someone if you yourself don't have that virus? How can you transmit or cause the death of someone that you don't have? All right. So that's just to put that out there. And again, disclaimer, this is not to sound insensitive or take away anything from all of the people that have lost loved ones um, as a result of COVID-19. But I also want to make sure that I make mention that every single death even if it was not COVID-19, it was still listed as COVID-19. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the actual cause of death, even if it that person died of heart disease. And see, these are the things that a lot of people are not paying attention to. The numbers of how many people die, uh, died every year pre-COVID. So when you don't see these numbers, you don't really know. So it's just like, oh, well, you know, now all we're seeing is all these high numbers, high numbers, all these cases, spikes in cases and all this, you know. But if you don't know the numbers of the deaths in a year, then when we have a Mm -hmm. pandemic and you got all these numbers spiking constantly, constantly, every time you turn the news on, this is what you're seeing how do you know that this wasn't the amount of deaths that the U.S. was already seeing and related to heart disease, diabetes, high cholesterol, cancer? Hmm? So many different factors there when it come, comes to this right here. All right. So getting back here to... Um, uh, I was getting ready to say Dr. Fauci, but I, I, I'll come back to him in a little bit. But back here on Bill Gates, okay? So he was getting a lot of questions. People were asking him questions like, how did you predict this? How did you know that <laughs> there was going to be some sort of viral epidemic that was going to hit? And, you know, and basically he was going back to the same thing that he stated before. He said that he didn't say that at the next pandemic, um, that the next one that's coming, he said that he didn't say that it originated in a lab in China. Now, this this is going back <laughs> here, if you will. And I know a lot of people have been called conspiracy theorists and all those different types of things. But that is also one of the other factors when it came to the actual outbreak of it. Uh, when they first started reporting uh, COVID-19 and its origination, it was stated that it had something to do with a bat that, um, was diseased or had something, ate something and a human ate the bat over there in China. And he was contagious after that, so forth and so forth. And so it started to spread and so on and so on. Now, if you have not seen the movie Contagious, uh, was it Contagion? I highly encourage you to check that movie out. The similarities between that movie and what's actually happening will 
surprise you. If you haven't seen it, it's 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 uncanny on how close it is. <laughs> it, it really is. So um, that was one of the things there. And then later, there was other documentation that came out that was stating that this virus uh, virus was created in a lab in China. And it was purposefully released to do exactly what it is doing now. So, um, like I said, it's a lot of back and forth, back and forth information related to that on that situation. So, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, coming back to him as far as with Americans having to wear masks. Okay, so um, Bill Gates, critics you know, because of course he does have a lot of critics, believe that COVID-19 was planned to affect the 2020 election and to fight climate change by forcing Americans to wear masks permanently. And keep that in mind because they have stated that even with the release of the vaccine, Americans will still have to wear masks. And this is going further into um, 2021. So they're saying even for the year of 2021, everyone is still going to have to wear masks. And so reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Are you are you okay with wearing a mask for almost two years, everywhere you go, every time you go somewhere? And even with the extreme push for the vaccine and everyone has to take the vaccine and take at least two doses of the vaccine that even with the vaccine you still have to wear the mask all right so i want you to dissect that right there just just take that dissect that break that little part down right there that even with the vaccine that's heavily being pushed you still have to wear the mask and going for a whole year for like basically like the next year or two or so that your life revolves around wearing a mask and breaking down a lot of social engagement cutting down uh, a lot of human contact human interaction and things of that nature right i am all for people doing what they need to do to take care of their health and protecting themselves and so forth and so forth. But my thing is going to come back to what I have been talking about so far, and that is taking care of your health, eating correctly, eating healthy, um, cutting out a lot of processed foods, um, not letting your whole source of your diet to be tons and tons of meat, tons and tons of dairy. Dairy produces a lot of mucus. Okay, we're talking about buildup, inflammation, your immune system being completely broken down over time with a lot of the wrong things that are in your bodies. Now, coming back here on that with um, with Bill Gates. Okay, so again, like I said, um, some are definitely speculating that COVID-19 was planned to affect the 2020 election and to fight climate change by forcing Americans to wear masks permanently okay so less co2 exhaled into the air there if you will okay so basically to create less carbon emissions from cars as well okay more employees working from home not traveling 
That is one of the speculations. All right, now, Dr. Anthony Fauci, okay, he declared that Americans, like I said, will still have to wear face masks, even if you take the COVID-19 vaccine, right? So basically, you know, he was saying that the, the U.S. should tackle climate change with the same sense of urgency as the coronavirus pandemic. Gates said that COVID-19 is awful, but climate change is even worse. Hmm? Hmm. So, you know, Bill Gates, he he believes that the long-term effects of COVID-19 on the American way of life will significantly, if you will, curb climate change by reducing harmful carbon emissions. So, How, how does all of this come to play that we are in the serious pandemic, but a lot of the discussion that comes after that is about carbon emissions, right? But, you know, I digress. Let me, let me pull back here. Um, Bill Gates, you know, he predicts that business travel will permanently fall by over 50% in a post-COVID world. So there are going to be a lot of changes, you know, and I, and I hate to be the one to say this, but if you are thinking that the world is going to go back to normal or, you know, quote unquote normal, because there were problems before this, but if you think that the world is going to go back to the way that it was pre-COVID-19, I, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but no, things are going to be different here on out. There are a lot of things that are taking place and shaping place. And again, a lot of it you're not going to see on mainstream. So he's predicting that travel will permanently fall by 50%. More employees will be working from home, but thus the jobs that uh, employees were there those types of jobs that you cannot do from home, like bus drivers. I was just looking at the news this morning, earlier this morning. And even in my county, 500 bus drivers have been without work, have been laid off because children are remote learning. 500 bus drivers now let that sink in now think about your county and the next county you know uh, different states we're talking about those jobs that you can't do remotely what are they supposed to do how are they supposed to survive how are they supposed to work and provide for their family, take care of their families, feed their families, keep a roof over their head, keep utilities on. Those are just some of the things, right? It makes it difficult. Okay. So the, the continuous talk is about decreasing time in cars by at least 30%. Thus for cutting down carbon emissions. Okay. So that's, 
dual activities, something that you need to think about, I guess, at the same time of while we're in the middle of a pandemic that's taking lives left and right. Okay. Now, I, I want to hit on a couple of other things before we wrap up here on this morning. Now, uh, there have been so many, so many um, leaders, government officials, governors that have all been on the same platform, stay indoors, stay home, don't travel, don't visit loved ones, only have um, Thanksgiving dinner, uh, which Christmas is coming up, so we more than likely will be hearing the same thing um, for Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, all that type of stuff. So, but the huge push is don't go anywhere. Don't be with people. Don't get in a gathering or setting with a certain amount of people. Everyone needs to social distance and all that. And guys, it's, oh my goodness. I, I thought it was the, the, the craziest thing, but it could just be me. It, it could just be me. I could just be totally radical and out there. But I was looking at an episode of Inside Edition the other day. And so the reporter was covering the story in her home. And she was showing her dining table area where she, her husband, her two children, and her mom were going to have dinner. Their Thanksgiving meal. And they weren't inviting anyone else. It was just them. So she was advised, um, and I think it was Dr. Oz, she was advised to space the chairs out that now these, now they said that you can't have dinner with anyone outside of your home, but these are the people that are inside her home. They eat every single day. They're in close contact. And as a mother, you cannot uh, social distance from your child. That is just no way possible. Just logically, logically, right? It doesn't even make sense. But this is your home with the people that you're with every single day. And you're being told to space the chairs out and open up the window mm -hmm. so that air can circulate throughout the home. And I just want that to, to soak in for a second. But wasn't the, the, the objective to stay away from people that are not immediately in your home? So after the Thanksgiving meal, you can go back to not social distancing at the table and so forth. I mean, ugh, you know, I digress. <laughs> I digress on some things, right? So some things just has to make sense, okay? We're talking about uh, restrictions, so many restrictions in place. We're talking about um, being told that you're breaking laws if you choose. Now, I'm not going to get into constitutionally and your rights and things of that nature. I'm not, I'm not about to get into that point, but as an American, as a law abiding citizen as well, you have the right. If you choose, if you say, I want to take that chance, I want to take the responsibility to, if I want to go visit family, I have that right to do that. But there are a lot of things that are being taken away that a lot of people are not catching. You know what I'm saying? It's not being caught. 
we have to pay attention to a lot of things and not just the fluff that's kind of on top. Now, let me go here. So you're probably like, okay, Tawana, <laughs> you know, they, they want to protect everyone and, and make sure that, um, the cases are going down, all those different types of things. Now we're, you know, and, and, and I, yes, of course, but also let's remember when they were talking about flattening the curve back in March, um, when it really kind of hit there, if you will, wear your mask for three months, social distance, you can't be anywhere and all those different types of things. They were doing shutdowns and lockdowns and the city, you know, you're, uh, cities all across shutting down at 10 o'clock and you can't leave your house after eight o'clock and all those different types of things, right? So Denver mayor, we can't do certain things, but I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Denver mayor apologized. He apologized over the Thanksgiving holiday period for his traveling plans. Okay. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock has been asking for forgiveness after coming under fire for his holiday plans. Okay. Now, this came out hours after he was encouraging Denver residents to avoid Thanksgiving travel. Okay, but the city's mayor office confirmed that he was going to be flying to Mississippi to spend the holiday with his daughter and his wife. His response, I recognize that my decision has disappointed many who believe it would have been better to spend Thanksgiving alone. He, he said in a statement that as a public official um, whose conduct, whose, you know, conduct is, is rightly scrutinized that's what he says scrutinized for the message that is sent to others he apologized to the residents of denver you know who saw his decision as conflicting with the the guidance to stay at home for all but essential travel he said that he made the decision as a husband and a father keynote he said that he made the decision as a husband and a father so why can't you make the decision as a daughter, as a granddaughter, as a niece, as an uncle, as a cousin, how, why can't you make the same choice and the same decision? But it's okay for them, right? We got to look at the bigger picture of a lot of things that are happening and that are taking place. So, of course, he you know, asks for forgiveness and all those different types of things. And, um, how he just wanted to help, uh, he wanted to spend time with his family, right? Which is what most Americans want to do. You want to be able to do that, to have that, that interaction, that engagement, create those memories, which simple things like that, memories are being broken down and not a lot of people are having memory-making activities that, uh, to happen or to take place, okay? Now, I want to come back or go forward there, if you will. We just got to be talking about uh, Denver's mayor. Let's go to California. Governor Gavin Newsom. Ga if you guys have been paying attention to Gavin Newsom, Newsom has been 
doing some things. I mean, the restraints and the lockdowns on Californians have been just, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I want to use the word asinine, but it's, it's been something. I have close friends in California and whew, it is, it's been, it's been real crazy. It's the most that I can say with that is that it has been crazy. So California governor, Gavin Newsom, he received so much backlash, which some of you have probably heard about this. You've seen it. Um, after he and his wife, they attended a birthday party at the French laundry restaurant. Okay. With a dozen a dozen others from several different households despite state health guidelines recommending against such gatherings amid the huge surge in COVID-19 infections. Okay. He as well apologized for his attendance, acknowledging that um, he should have been practicing what he preached that he should have been practicing what he preached he said that he made a bad mistake and instead of sitting down he should have stood up and walked back to his car and drove home hmm. yeah so uh he canceled his plans after facing a whole lot of criticism after that and he was trying to well, he was planning to have a holiday meal with his 86-year-old mother and two of his daughters. And again, this is amid escalating numbers of COVID-19 cases. But again, like I say, there's a lot of push that says that you should not be the reason that your 86-year-old grandmother, your 86-year-old mother, your 90-something-year-old um, elder is going to have their last holiday because of you. But in hindsight, they can do the exact same thing. You know, going to Nancy Pelosi. These are just a few incidents that I'm just, you're just throwing out here, right? So when everything was shut down, um, salons, barbershops, no one could go get their hair done. Um, People had to resort to doing it out of their home and all those different types of things. And when it was this huge thing, you can't you can't go anywhere. You can't get your hair done. Well, she went and got her hair done. She went to the salon and didn't have a mask on. And didn't social distance. Right? So, just a little something I want to throw out there. But um, I want to play something for you guys. I want to play something for you that um, I want you to, to listen closely to and hear. Okay. So as I was talking about the vaccines, that is a heavy push. Right now, there are a few states that are on the fast track line that are first to receive it once it becomes available. And we're going to talk about that as well, break that down a little bit on the companies. And yeah, kind of get into that pretty good. We, we've got to get into that. <laughs> and I'm curious, I would like to hear from you if you'd like to share. I want to know, do you plan to get the vaccine? Do you feel confident enough in it? Do you feel safe enough in it? Especially 
um, with there being no long-term study on it, uh, all past vaccines have had to go through um, a significant amount of time. And it is definitely over a year for study and research. But that's that's a whole nother story because we are definitely going to have to talk about vaccines within itself. So we're going to talk about that um, in the future coming up really, really soon. But um, I want to know, do you plan to take it? How confident do you feel taking it? How safe do you feel taking it? And especially with all of the studies or testing on it right now is of immediate use right now as far as immediate injection how it makes you feel right now there is no long-term study to say because we're in the middle of this right now there's no long-term study to say this is what happens after a year down the road uh you develop this or you develop that and all those different types of things so i want you to keep that in mind and then also with dr fauci again stating that um even with the COVID-19 vaccine that you will probably have to get a series of vaccines. And even with that, masks will not be discarded or gotten rid of even with the vaccine that you still have to wear the mask. And we're talking about going over here into 2021. They're talking about for the next couple of years that you still will have to wear it even with the vaccine. And then let's not forget that Bill Gates has just come out and stated that there's going to be a big, big epidemic that's going to hit in three years. Okay. So let me play this right here. I want you guys to listen to this. Tell me your thoughts on this. This is an interview um, where Dr. Jose Romero, the chief CDC's advisory committee on immunization practices was being interviewed as far as the vaccine. All right. Let's get that going. We'll get a card and it will be entered into. Here we go. This, this time I mean it when I say it's my final question. If someone gets vaccinated, how will we know that? Are you going to have a, a certificate of some kind? Is there a pin that you get to wear? I mean, it would seem to me that there will be access. You'll be granted to certain things that other people would not. Quick final answer if you can. Yes, so we will track, in other words, every person that gets immunized will get a card and they will be entered into our vaccine registry database. We will be able to follow them and who's been vaccinated and what vaccine they need to receive in the second dose. Hmm. So you're going to be tracked with the vaccine. You're going to have to have... Um, Basically, there's going to be documentation on you whether you have had it or not. So that brings to to mind as well. Hey, let's let's address the fact of now you can't go into stores without masks. You can't purchase your groceries. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to have a mask. This store requires this. That store requires that. If you are not planning to get the vaccine, what are you going to do when you have to show proof that you've had the vaccine in order to be able to go purchase your groceries? Hmm? It's going to be tracking. There's going to be documentation on this, on whether you got it or not. So just something I want you guys to think about. And so I, <laughs> I, I don't want to come off a certain way and trust me, 
I'm not trying <laughs> to, to come off a, a certain way. And I just want to make sure that I'm being clear on that um, as far as putting this information out there. I'm not trying to sway any person one way or the other. But I like to make sure that people have all facets of, of the information. Both sides, not just one perspective. You have to have all of the perspectives to be able to make informed decisions. That is what it's all about. As, as adults, as American citizens, you have to have all of the information to make an informed decision on anything. Okay. Now, before I wrap up here, I wanted to talk on the CDC. CDC, it has been reported. They have came out not once, not twice, actually over that. They've come out and have um, made the, the, the notice that they incorrectly, incorrectly used misleading claims. They uh, misreported numbers of deaths of COVID-19, right? Now that's scary within itself because all we see is a heavy push of numbers, spikes, this, that. But when the CDC has admitted that they've reported inaccurate numbers. Why are we still following so heavily to the T of the numbers that are still being reported? The claim that only 6% of reported COVID-19 deaths were the result of the coronavirus, right? So a regular update of data on COVID-19 deaths by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, it prompted a groundswell of claims that only a fraction of people had actually died from coronavirus. The misleading and inaccurate conclusions, it came from a released statistics on comorbidities data in the CDC's weekly coronavirus update. From their own update, for 6% of the deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. For deaths with conditions or causes in addition to COVID-19, on average, there were 2.6 additional conditions or causes per death. Right? Now, if you've been listening since the beginning of this podcast, you know that that is what I stated at the beginning that there have been so many people that have died in this in this year and their deaths were labeled as COVID-19. They may have died from hypertension. They may have died from heart disease. They may have um, had high blood pressure. But it didn't matter. The deaths were labeled as COVID. Right. And then to, to think about it on the, the basis of the, the whole symptomatic and asymptomatic and stuff like that, that if you're not sick, you don't have symptoms, but you're 
you're fearful of having something to transmit it to someone else. All right. It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing there. And while I'm sitting here thinking about it, did you guys see the article, um, the news report that just came out last week? Uh, it was about a week ago or two weeks ago. I think it was 65 staff members. The WHO organization that, um, let me let me backtrack on the actual organization because I don't want to say the wrong thing, but over uh, 65 staffers that routinely and regularly wear masks all contracted COVID-19. Regularly wear masks all the time. Hardly without it, everywhere they go. So how did they still contract it? If the main thing is you have to wear your mask, that is the only way to prevent the spread. So if you have a mass number of people that are still contracting it from wearing masks and social distancing and they still contracted it, how? And why is there so much hatred, animosity, anger, and pushback towards those that choose not? to wear a mask they're fighting in the stores people are yelling at each other in grocery stores out on the the sidewalk of um, businesses sitting down for lunch and you have someone that's attacking you because you chose not to wear a mask want to fight you berate you throw drinks in your face Walk over to you and take your food off your plate. Hmm? Come and surround you in hostile situations. Is that right? Is that right as well? All right. So just something to think about, guys. I know it's a lot of heavy stuff going on, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about these things, but I thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in with me here on this morning. I greatly appreciate it. All right. So the next show, guys, we got to talk about something a little bit of light, a, a little light here. <laughs> Want to talk about mindset energy. You know, it's a lot that's going on. Um, people's energy and flow and um, just appreciation for life is a little bit down for a lot of people. Some people are doing great and some people are just struggling, if you will. People are having to find new revenues, new avenues, different things to do. Um, like I said, even here where I live, just and this is just on bus drivers, 500 are unemployed, have lost their jobs because the schools and the students are um, learning at home. They're remote learning. So what are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to switch gears? That is a challenging thing with itself. That's frustrating. That is a scary thing. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? Who's hiring? Especially in, in this pandemic, right? So we've got to discuss it. We've got to talk about it. I thank you guys so, so much. Like I said, hit me up on social media. I'd love to connect with you, get to know you. 
And yes, so guys, be blessed, be safe, enjoy the rest of your day, make it a great day, make it fantastic. So in the meantime, in between time, be blessed, have a great day. Today's show was brought to you by wellness and nutrition consultant, Tawana Coleman. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. So glorify God in your body. To learn more about fueling your body with optimum and nutritional superfoods, freeing your body of toxins and chemicals, achieving mental clarity, energy, and nutrients for the whole family to take. Remember, your body does not come with a warranty, so we must take care of it. You can find me on Facebook at Tawana Coleman. That's T-W-A-N-A-C-O-L-E-M-A-N. And on Instagram at the Tawana Coleman.